Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so excited about the fact that you've joined us today to take a look at the book. There is a very controversial issue that needs to be dealt with. It's the kingdom of God. Are we in the kingdom now? Where is Jesus Christ at this moment? Is he seated on his throne? Well, we need to answer some of those questions, and we're going to do it as we take a look at the book. I have a five-hour audio series. It's my latest series, by the way, entitled Thy Kingdom Come. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that will assist you in understanding about the kingdom. Today, we're going to be talking about perversion of the kingdom. You'll understand what I'm talking about when I talk about the controversy surrounding this issue. I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-hour audio series on CD in just a moment. But right now, get Bible in hand, and let's study the Word of God, perversion of the kingdom. Go back to chapter uh, 2 with me in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2, we see uh, that Jesus Christ, who was the creator, by him all things are created, Colossians 1.16, Jesus Christ, who was the creator, has established this kingdom, has put Adam and Eve at the throne room in the Garden of Eden. Along comes Satan in the form of a serpent, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. And by the way, Satan was not created as a satanic entity. He was created as Lucifer, the most beautiful of the cherubim ever created in a place of prominence over all of creation. Because of his pride, because of his perjury and lying here, we see the fall of man and then be, then comes the end of that kingdom that was established there in the Garden of Eden at the center of all of the earth. Chapter 3 is the fall of man. Chapter 4, we see the product of the coming together of Adam and Eve, and we see uh, the first murder take place. And let me just remind you, I'm not going to exegete all of these passages of Scripture. You've read them many times before. But do you realize what indeed we are witnessing when we look at chapter 3? We are witnessing the beginning of religiously motivated murder. Do you understand what that is? That's a suicide bomber putting on a bomb, walking into the midst of a bus or a parking lot or a beautiful mall and blowing himself into smithereens and killing as many people as he can. Religiously motivated murder. Cain murdered Abel. Why? Because God blessed Abel for his sacrifice and didn't think much of Cain's. That's chapter 3. Chapter 4. Oh, there's so much in chapter 4. I don't have the time. I mean, it's chapter 4 for the first murder. But also, in addition to that, chapter 4, this first murder, There's something very interesting that we should note that's very prevalent in our world today. Notice what it is here in verse 19. And Lamech took unto him two wives. And he named the one and he named the other. Two wives. Polygamy. God in chapter 2 said, here's my institution of marriage. A man and a woman comes together to join each other, leaving mother and father cleaving to that new mate. 
a man and a woman, one and one. And soon down the road, polygamy comes into existence. You say, wait a minute, man. What? We are not Mormons. Why are you talking about polygamy? Oh, excuse me. I used the wrong term. We don't use polygamy today. We call it divorce. Divorce. That's the same thing. Multiplicity of wives. Uh, And they tell me in the church, over 60% of all couples get divorced. In the church? That's higher than the rate outside of the church. That's starting to get rather quiet in here. Please excuse me. I'm not attacking. In fact, I've been married to one lady for 48 years. And I want you to know something. During that time period, Judy and I have only had one fight during 48 years. Started September 1959. <laughs> as I had to loosen it up a little bit. It was so tight in here I had to... And I am laughing a bit, but you know of what I speak. And those of you that have to, had to go through that can probably give a greater testimony. It doesn't keep you from being a soul winner. It doesn't keep you from doing all those things to get those crowns. It's unfortunate, but we're seeing it more and more and more prevalent. I, I, I brag about 48 years. I'm thrilled when we talk about people who have been together that long. Paul Harvey, I listen to him all the time. I love it when he talks about somebody who's been together that long. It's God's plan. Satan had a different plan. And we see that unfolding as we see the destruction of this kingdom. We come to chapter 5. Chapter 5 is a genealogy. It's from Adam to Noah. It's a very unique genealogy. By the way, don't slip over a genealogy. You can learn something very important in a genealogy. Here in chapter 5, verses 1 over here to verse 32, from Adam to Noah, we see that there is no angelic, evil angelic blood strain in the life and family of Noah. Why is that key? Well, because of chapter 6. Chapter 6 talks about cohabitation between evil angels and women on the earth. Why? Because in chapter 3 and verse 15, the devil was told, I will bring a Messiah. He's going to burst your head open. Satan had to destroy that pure bloodline. And so he moved in to put an evil angelic strain in humankind. That's the reason for the flood. Jude tells us, look it up sometime, that evil angels committed sexual acts at that point in time. God said, that is it. I'm wiping out all of humankind except, look what it says in chapter 6 and verse 9. Now these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. 
Here's a man, not perfect without sin. Every man is born in sin. Every woman is born in sin. He was perfect from the perspective that he had no angelic blood strain in him. Evil angelic blood strain. How do I know? Chapter 5 of the book of Genesis. It lays out his genealogy. See, you can learn some great things in genealogies. Chapter 6, 7, and 8 are Noah and the flood. Chapter 9, notice what happens here. The kingdom, the first earthly kingdom, has been done away with. But then God says, I will try this experiment again. Chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons. You see, all of humankind, mankind was destroyed except for eight souls. Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth and their four wives. All of humankind destroyed except these eight. So God blessed Noah and his sons. And he said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Replenish it. Go out and repeople this earth. I'm going to do this again. Repeople the earth. Well, Satan, who had failed now because the flood came away and wiped out all of these evil bloodlines, so now there's going to be a pure line once again. Through Shem would come forth the Messiah, ultimately, a pure bloodline. Satan had to do something else. He said, well, that failed. And if I do that again, maybe God will just wipe them out again. So I better try it a different way. So we go to chapter 10 where we see that Noah and his three sons and their four wives are going to be obedient to what God said to do. Verse 1. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. And this is a record, and another genealogy to an extent, a record of the obedience of these eight souls left on the earth to do what God said to do, be fruitful, multiply, and repeople the earth. It got started. It was going good. All of a sudden, something happens. Go to verse 6. Let's just trace a moment. Ham. One of the sons. And the sons of Ham, Cush. Now we'll stop with Cush and let's go down to verse 8. And Cush begot Nimrod. So Ham is a son, Cush is a grandson, Nimrod is a great-grandson. Notice in verse 10 what Satan does. In verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom. Oh, sooty face says, I can't wipe out the bloodline. I'll establish a kingdom on earth in the face of God. God said to be fruitful, multiply, repeople the earth. Now, what does the grandson, the great-grandson of Noah do? He is going to establish a kingdom. That makes him a king. And so this is the first, first earthly satanic kingdom upon the earth. What did he say do? Fill the earth. Look at chapter 11, verse 4. What does Nimrod do in chapter 11 and verse 4? He says, hey, go to, let us build us a city. That's going to be the headquarters. What did uh, God do, or Jesus, at the beginning? Established a headquarters, the Garden of Eden. Along comes Satan can only replicate not originate, and so he establishes a city in the face of what God said to do. The city of Babel are now known in 350 locations in the Word of God as Babylon. Notice where it was in verse 10. 
the, uh, uh, excuse me, chapter 10, verse 10. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, last part of the verse, in the land of Shinar. Well, that's Mesopotamia in biblical terms. Mesopotamia, meaning the two rivers, the two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. In modern day language, that is modern day Iraq on the shores of the Euphrates River, 58 miles outside of downtown Baghdad, Babylon, which on Thursday we will look and see is going to be that kingdom again. This is the pattern for that kingdom that will be set up by Satan in the last days. So he establishes an earthly kingdom in Babylon. Satan's perversion of the sovereign plan of God. It's very important for you to understand that Jesus Christ is indeed not on his throne right now, according to the passages in the book of Hebrews. Perversion of the kingdom. This is an essential study for everybody. You need to have, though, the entire series. It's a five-hour audio series on CD entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. You can call our toll-free number if you'd like to get a copy of this series. Our toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Now remember, that's toll-free from across America. 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com. Go to the shopping mall and you can make your order of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. A very important study at this time in history. I want to thank you again for joining us. And you understand now as we study God's Word how close we may well be to the rapture of the church. I look for that to happen at any moment every single day. Are you looking like that for Jesus Christ to come back? We need to be able to do that. It'll help us to live pure, be productive as we have prepared ourselves for this event in history when Christ calls us to be with him. Well, having said all of that and our study completed, there's basically nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until.